0: I just can't figure out if it's because you're advanced or because I'm stunted. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. I am making love in You Do not talk about Fight Club. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Hello and welcome to the Glacé Film Club podcast. Yes, we are here. We're back again for another review, diving into those big films out there and having a chat about what we think about them. And of course, I'm not alone. I wouldn't want to be alone on this podcast ever. That's why my good friend and film fanatic Callum is here again, joining me to have a little chit chat. Callum, how are you doing today?
1: I'm very well. Are you telling me that you don't want to speak into your own echo chamber? Like I would have, I would have thought that's what this podcast is. We just we, we don't actually talk to one another, the We just talk to ourselves. Like
0: <laughs> yeah, we just so happen to be here here at the same time doing that. Yeah, you could be right then. Some um, some critics in the written press have referred to it as that. But you know what? I'm happy to keep going in that way. And there probably is a format out there where I would be happy just going into the mic on my own. But I'm not got to that point of the road yet i'm happy still to be looking at you as we do in these and and we're oh, barreling through them we're just saying then number 49 this one and just a little teaser in here before we get to it we have got a little bit of a special one planned for our 50 if we won't give you anything more than that but when that one drops i'm very excited to get stuck into that one but we have got a good one today don't worry we're not going to skip ahead well, before we get into that, Callum, how have you been? What have you been up to? How's life? We we kind of we're into summer now, aren't we? The sun's coming out, life's kind of happening. There's things going on. I've been to a yeah. music festival. We're going to a gig tomorrow. There's things happening out there. I'm loving it.
1: We yeah, we're seeing Sam Fender tomorrow, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, Castlefield Ball, such a great venue. I remember um saw James saw James there once, and uh, I remember because obviously because like you've got the old sort of Victorian archways where the the the, the northern fail <laughs> drives across you know the, the bus on wheels ever efficient that it is um obviously it got stuck on the bridge and uh all the um passengers were like dancing to the the tunes as as james were playing over there it's as, not uh, a bad place s- for your
0: train to break down s- is it
1: sun sun was going down over over the beautiful castle the Light was dancing off the Victorian industrial cobbles. It was the red brick. It was, um, it was special. It's such a special venue, Castlefield. I really, I really like that setting around on the uh the canals, and um, there's a great pub around the corner as well. Um, you always judge judge a venue on its its proximity to a good boozer. Um, but yeah, I'm sure has been Um, just seeing friends really, enjoying life. Um, been a yeah, just just nothing spectacular, really. Just literally just seeing friends and enjoying life. Probably spending a little bit too much on uh, on booze, but you know, it's it's what you're
0: doing. It summer. all balances it's, itself out in the end,
1: as you said. Summer of muck. I love that. I'm taking. <laughs> I'm taking that. You've got to dive um, into
0: it and and just revel in it because yeah. as as we keep going, we've not had it for a long time. And it, it feels like there's momentum in life again now, and I, I'm thoroughly enjoying that. And it just combines nicely into our deep flourishing conversations about film as we meander through life and go out and socialize and tell people how much we love podcasting
1: well and well indeed but i mean because we're approaching episode 50 as well um you know the pyramids were built in 50 years well you know we are as great as the pyramids we will we, we will be forever we will last forever you know as after everything else said and done our podcast will stand the test of time and last forever. We have built um, we've
0: built something forever here and I, I'm very excited <laughs> for it to stand for a long time. But you know what before yeah. before we leave it to stand we've still got plenty more bricks to build into it. It's so only going to get bigger and higher this pyramid and before I labor that metaphor too much labor. let's get in to this review because this let's was one see. that I'd been quite excited for for a long time and I've been very interested to go into it and see what I thought of this film. It's been on my radar. um, Well, I mean, it's been out a long time, but it's been on my personal radar films to watch for a long time. Never got round to it and I wasn't quite sure which way it would go. Of course, we'll find out. Well, before we get into the review, Callum, can you tell us what the film is and give us one of your classic overviews?
1: it is the 1982 um future noir fantasy science fiction classic film epic blade runner uh directed by uh ridley scott um it's set in a future um of los angeles a future los angeles in the year 2019 which I found quite cool, because the film was from 1982, and in 1982, a 2019 Los Angeles must have felt like a lifetime away for people in 1982, and for us, watching it, it was all, this is set in the past, and yet there's something eerily futuristic about it, still, and that's what really, I think, is at the heart of the movie. It's all about memory, and the perception of it, Um, and it follows the story of uh, Harrison Ford. Uh, well, it doesn't. Sorry, it doesn't follow the story of it's Harrison Ford. It's about Harrison Ford's life. It's about <laughs> Harrison Ford's life. It? Yeah, <laughs> basically, it's it's what Harrison Ford looks like in the future. He never existed. He's he's just a figment of your imagination. Uh, no, he plays a character called Rick Deckard, um, who is this kind of like burnt-out uh, cop, basically, and it follows his. Sort of journey um, through a dystopian Los Angeles in which uh, humans that are kind of non-human in a way, uh, they're known as replicants. They're sort of bio-engineered by this big uh, corporation um, that's kind of like um, soulless. Um, It's just the entirety of Los Angeles is laden with all these um, icons saying "be happy, drink Coca-Cola." selling, trying to sell you products and stuff anyway, these synthetic humans these sort of non-humans are um, owned by this powerful uh, corporation called the Tyrell Corporation Um, and they work on these space colonies basically Um, eerily contemporary in a way, um, because every time you walk down the street you see these sort of like decaying adverts and that's basically what the set of Blade Runner is, it's set in this sort of dystopian future of a decaying capitalist world really it reminded me a little bit of um, Metropolis by Fritz Lang that sort of vibe um, particularly in terms of its uh, cinematography it's been hailed as one of the all time best science fiction movies um, it, initially it kind of polarised people though because it wasn't necessarily popular when it first came out um, but as time's gone on it's become one of those movies that can become a, a, bit, a bit of a cult classic basically and um, so it starts with Rick Deckard um he's detained by a, another officer and he's brought to um his old boss basically um who when he was a, a blade runner these blade runners jobs were they were designed to track down these replicants and basically kill them or retire them as the as the movie says um anyway he's informed that the replicants are on the earth illegally and um he begins to basically um track them down essentially and it's about he's he's coming to terms with who he is as a person, um, and he's also sort of navigating this world where nobody really knows who they are, and the humans in the movie, I don't think there's much difference between the humans in the movie and the synthetic non-humans, because I think the point it's tried to make is, is anyone really living? And that quote is said quite a lot throughout the movie. Did do it? Does anyone re? Does anyone really actually live? Um, and that's what it's really about. What does it mean to live in a landscape of decay? I'll leave it there.
0: Thank you very much, Karen. <laughs> I, I think that was you, intense,
1: wasn't it? <laughs> your
0: overview fits so nicely into the theme of the film. There, it was quite a futuristic noir overview you gave there, both in tone of voice and delivery. So, thank you for that. Well,
1: it's, I'm skilled. That's what I'm
0: saying. I'm yeah. still very determined to just edit a new series of your overviews and release that because I think they'd go down a treat on their own but st- <laughs> stay tuned for those but yeah so my first reaction Callum so I just bigged up in the intro there saying that i had been waiting to watch this film for quite a while it was on my list of films I wanted to watch I'm often a fan of sci-fi mainly for it's like philosophical futuristic elements to it and I like In the words of Alex Turner, how it makes a point about peace and love in a sexy way (laughs) like science fiction does. It, It allows a look into philosophy about bigger human existence ideas, but in a totally different way. So I thought Blade Runner, one of the big films of the genre, this is for me. And I was just frustratingly underwhelmed. And I'm not going to dive in and <laughs> slag the film off because I still think there's so many good and great elements to it, mainly being the visuals, how um, the cinematic world that's created within it, as you say there, as you said before, Callum, like this uh, futuristic, decaying, capitalist world. There's a comment right there, how they're looking to then colonize these other planets with... The replicants, these kind of drone robots they've created in their own image, but then go beyond the power of their own image and turn on them. You know, there's a lot there, and there's a lot of allusions to Frankenstein as one direct illusion in it. And I really like um, the premise of that and the world it does create. Just my main letdown was that it just felt like the watching experience wasn't enough for me. Back to my classic Marcus Johnson two prong attack of what makes a good film. Number one, some leaves you with something to think about afterwards. But number two, the 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 experience of being in the film has got to be enticing and gripping and bring you in. And I feel like it had a good amount of the first, but it just it, it missed the mark for me a lot on the second. And many people might be shocked and surprised by this because it is known as this like visual classic. The soundtrack is great and I know Callum you've got some views on the soundtrack. There's there's great music in there and it's brought together well and it does it makes you feel uncomfortable at times. It it drives you through this world. And the, that's what I had on my mind there. The those similarities to the film drive, where there's this almost like one pace throughout it with the odd moment of performative violence. Um and you feel it but in performed in uncomfortable, strange Uh, perverse ways and then you're back onto this plot again but it just felt like yes there were these bigger topics of humanity what is it to be alive and these allusions to frankenstein of creation and and thinking about that but I don't think they were gone into deep enough. It felt like a shallow dive into them for me in the way that I've seen sci-fi films be able to touch into these topics before where you can really dig deep into the philosophy and make the viewer think something and take them on a journey. It felt almost like a bordering Hollywood touch on these. And I know I'm often ranting about how Hollywood films don't go deep enough into the topics that they take and, This wasn't as shallow as other films I might have ranted against before Batman. Um, But... (laughs) (laughs) But it just... For the... What felt like a slowness to the film, if there's a slowness to a film, I want that to penetrate me in certain ways. I want my mind to be challenged because of that, and I want to feel that's part of the journey. And it was to an extent, but I don't think the film... Um, made up for the slowness and almost not excitement of the plot with enough depth and intrigue and I just felt a bit flat by the end of it thinking I got it I like those themes this was a cool visual film but ultimately a bit underwhelmed what what about you Callum because I feel like as I said, I felt uncomfortable with that conclusion at the end because it's not what I expected my conclusion to be, but it was my conclusion nonetheless.
1: Um, I thought, I mean, I don't particularly have a, a, like sort of, like really for for sci-fi movies. I mean, as far as like science fiction generally sort of goes, I mean, I, I like you know, I like Star Wars, but really, I don't particularly delve into i mean i watched the alien movies for example but I, I just i always i don't i never i've never i never leave a sci-fi movie thinking that's the greatest most visually exciting thing i've ever seen in my life i just don't particularly um care for the genre as much um i was qu- so I, I i went into watch because i'd obviously never seen blade runner before but like like watching it I went into it with quite low expectations. Whereas you went into it with quite high expectations, yeah. didn't you? we coming like... from
0: totally different angles.
1: Yeah, so I I kind of went in, not necessarily expecting to be disappointed, but I went into it thinking, you know what, I've never seen this before. It's...
0: Maybe that just says more about our outlooks on life.
1: I, <laughs> I just expect to be disappointed all the time. Oh dear. Hey, you know what? On a slightly more depressing side note, if you always expect to be disappointed every time you're not, it just feels so much better. <laughs> I mean, feels... there's
0: one way of looking at it. That <laughs> is one way of looking at it. The Wait. Blade Runner approach.
1: The Blade Runner approach. Exactly. Expect to be disappointed. And yet everything else, if you, everything else that doesn't disappoint you will just feel so much better. So, like, I mean, for me, like I quite liked the constructions of memory within the movie. I mean, like it's basically a movie about who controls memory and how does the memory of your life manifest in your mind um and how does that affect your sort of like mental furniture, your tapestry, as it were like who are you as a person and like one thing I quite liked about how that plays out in the movie is the relationship between the synthetic human and Harrison Ford at the end. Well, towards the end, when they're sat in the rain and he goes, um, I've actually written the quote down because I just thought it was pretty cool uh, all those moments will be lost in time like tears in the rain, time to die, I just thought it was a really melancholic look on life I guess, Mel- really melancholic sort of point of um, tenderness to the movie, I think um, that one moment was quite cool um and for me that was the my favorite moment of the movie because i feel like it kind of anchored it just a little bit in the in the contemporary or it anchored it just a little bit in um reality because the movie itself is about how do you sort of how does a human operate in the future where your entire los angeles is sort of like it's no coincidence it's set in Los Angeles as well. The sort of like traditionally speaking, this sort of like glitz and gla- glitzy, glamorous city is now this sort of dark, smoky, swampy underbelly, this decaying corporate pole, basically. Um, but I, I quite liked how that, how that memory and how that perception of a place is kind of distorted. I guess, um, I guess it's kind of like a noir in a way. Like it's quite dark. Um, a lot of the set is quite unassuming, but it's also quite spectacular as well. And that bit when he's stood, when Harrison Ford is stood on the um, on the on the on the ledge, trying to escape the non-human, and it shows the shot of him looking down. I mean, that's lifted straight from Fritz Lang's Metropolis. Um, so I can I can see how Ridley Scott's been influenced by sort of like classic Weimar um cinema, which is pretty cool. I thought. Um, But I guess I just. I was saying to you off mic, wasn't I? Like, sci fi tends to sort of critique government structures. And I think that's what this, this movie's doing because it's focusing on this idea that people are controlled by a faceless corporation that we don't really know how that operates. And that's basically what society is now. I mean, society is ran and dominated by these horrible corporations that suck the life out of. Ex- literally the life sucking the life out of the world um and i guess sci-fi critiques that um you know it's critiquing the political system it's critiquing the economic system um does it require sci-fi to do that i don't know like what sci-fi does is it sort of makes something that's quite abstract even more abstract maybe or does it sort of add meaning to what is considered to be quite abstract i don't know i think this um, gives us
0: a different angle doesn't it i think that's the beauty is like you're not yeah. necessarily just going at these topics head-on you are you've seen it via this more abstract and this world which um needs to be constructed for you but yet the themes are the same as within your own world you can visit it via a different time yeah
1: there's definitely that it's that but what sci-fi do yeah that's what blade runner does in a way it plays with your sense of sort of like temporality and space i guess Um, and the
0: the possibilities are infinite in in space and in futuristic worlds because there is no limit to it so you can you can push the exploration as far as you want yeah definitely
1: definitely i was literally just going to say that i mean because like to go back to my first point about memory like it's about sort of how does the personal and the performative operate? Like, how does memory operate? How does it define you as a human? And in this instance, that line is quite blurred because the moment that moment of tenderness when they're on the roof in the rain, the non-human is showing quite a tender human emotion there. Yeah. And it's just a, just a beautiful quote, like, tears in the rain, time to die. It's just like... It is a very human thing to well, die. Was it, I think uh,
0: I think they purposely blur the morality in this because I felt um uncomfortable throughout in backing Harrison Ford's character. You feel like your almost allegiance or your will for who you want to succeed in it doesn't necessarily land anywhere. You the, the 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 drones that have been created, they are put there as the the baddie figure at the beginning who needs to be tracked down. But then when you see why they're being tracked down, and the moments where uh, Harrison Ford's characters going after him, shooting them, you don't necessarily will him on to succeed. And I think that's the whole point: is that what you were saying before with that specific qu- quote? It's the questioning of firstly the big question of sci-fi anyway what is it to be human but in this not necessarily that in 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 the big sense but like the intricacies and the actual details of humanity and that by the end of it both of them don't they don't really know that pursuing is like uh, and it's within this world like you say is The humans have created this world that's collapsed in on itself and it's still this decaying kind of capitalist era. And what they're doing, they're trying trying to stop that by going to another planet, colonising that and doing the same thing again. And have created these drones, these slaves in their own image... Um, but that's come back to bite them in the end. What's the, what's the symbolism of that? Oh, well, our own image is still flawed because, look, we destroyed what we had in this world. We've gone to go and do it somewhere else, but what we've created there has come back to destroy us. And that's what I like about the, the kind of literary illusion of Frankenstein in it. And obviously when he goes to meet his maker, is like that's that's the clearest kind of element of it there. And that's what I would say was the biggest bit i got from it like thematic wise is the idea of humanity but the intricacies of it and how the morality is blurred in it because of that reason And that's the point i feel like they're trying to make but it just goes back to my initial frustration of that i liked that and I like the element of it it just felt like it was dragged out over a long time and not really delved into as much as i would have liked it to
1: yeah, no, indeed. I mean, like I said, I, I like the themes. I mean, it brings out lots and lots of themes that you we can interrogate. Um, like I said, you know, memory, you know, uh, you know, corporation, non-human, human things like that. It reminds me of um, sort of like William Gibson. I read uh, William Gibson's Virtual Light when I was doing my masters, and um, that's kind of like all about um, that idea of memory, and I, I just think there's, I mean. I wasn't particularly rooting for Harrison Ford's character. Like, yeah, I'd, exactly, exactly. Wasn't particularly rooting for any of the characters really. I mean, the that one moment of tenderness on the roof with um, the the rain, I think, is quite cool. But like, I mean, in terms of the rest of the characters, I mean, I, I'd go as far to say that there's elements of the movie that are a little bit orientalist as well. I mean, particularly when he's in the 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 markets and stuff. I mean, Asian the Asian characters are always seen as these sort of like um like hunchbacked kind of like market traders who um you know that basically just kind of exist in the underbelly of the city um and then there's the bit with um uh when he's um Oh God! what's she called his um the girl he runs away with Rachel. Rachel that's it yeah, I mean there's quite a problematic scene yeah, I wanted on. to get onto that for like, yeah crack on. quite violent like sort of like sexual violence bit yeah weird, that, bit but that was
0: it was uncomfortable you you can see maybe the thinking of the film was like, oh, he was trying to like force this into like wake her up, but it was yeah that was uncomfortable you and it that felt. Way. No, no, absolutely. I feel like it was absolutely, like, a power go of him, like, going, like, no, no, I've decided, um, like, in, in the part of the films, and I'm the human, I've decided this, but the actual playing of how it's gone out is, like, is absolute, like, the assertion of the power of, of the man in it. And mm. I don't even think there's, it was too any subtleties of that it's just like you just watch that scene it's like "Mm, come on yeah and
1: there was there's elements of that that just didn't really sit with me and i didn't necessarily didn't really understand why it's been well i guess i do understand why it's been hailed as a as a sort of classic of science fiction largely because it ticks all the boxes of the genre in terms of particularly in terms of cinematography and in terms of like set design and it's pretty cool like and there's there are elements the like i said the memory aspect is cool but beyond that i just couldn't really think of anything i'm not going to be in a rush to watch it again i'm probably not going to watch it again um i just couldn't really think i can't really think of anything else to really um sort of necessarily just like say anything positive i mean i've said all my positive bits about it um the rest of it i just kind of thought was a bit it was just all right, you know what yeah. I mean. It, just, it yeah. was just all right, you know. It was just okay. Um, and I, I, I always say to um, my friend and I were talking about this, and it's like, how do you want to be remembered when you die, or how do you want to be remembered when, like, you uh, leave a place and you do, you lose touch with people, and the worst thing people can say to you is, oh, he was all right, wasn't he? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, he yeah. was all right. Like, no, I don't want to be remembered for being alright. Underwhelming. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't want to be remembered for being alright, I want to be remembered for something much more for something else, I guess. But not alright, and to have that as your movie epitaph, I think speaks a lot.
0: Yeah, I feel you, I feel you. I just wanted to just Add in a bit more about the visuals because I don't want to get away from this because I've been given a few negatives. Ooh, and... Sorry,
1: sorry, the soundtrack, the soundtrack is great though. Sorry to interrupt, but the soundtrack yes. is. Yes, yeah. well, I think kicks that ass.
0: along with the, the visuals, the, the whole yeah. cinematography of it is. I get the impression this is a very visual first film. That was the intent of it. And maybe my frustration of those kind of bigger themes weren't necessarily explored in too much depth and just um the plot felt a bit slow was because it is kind of just focused almost on one story there's no real subplot to it the subplot in a way comes together to align with the main plot but it is very much just focusing on this one little journey of this the blade runner who goes after the replicants um but in terms of the style of the film that is what it is it's saying here are the bigger themes that are in it but we're just going to focus in on this one story and give the journey at this certain pace and create the world where you feel immersed in it because you felt overwhelmed by the world that you're in in that and that's the whole point I think visually and also of the time there's some great visuals in there and they do a good job of it it's just that wasn't enough for me in, in terms of what I want out of Sci-fi, but I just wanted to give a nod to that. I also wanted to address what you said before about not really rooting for any of the characters and at points, not really wanting any of them to succeed. I think what I felt about it is the plight of each character felt continuously futile. even the as you say, <laughs> the lead yeah, is yeah. trying to um pursue these replicants, retire them, basically kill them in the film. Uh, but you don't believe in that cause, and that does get addressed when they basically keep dragging him back out of retirement. And I think early on in the film it says, oh, you're either um sort of like working with them or you're like down in the gutter you're against them. It's like it's in his life the choice is to live a rubbish life or actually be part of this system that exists with it. I mean, obviously that says a lot about the themes that we've we've already chatted about. But I think the word futile is good to put in the mix here, like the whole plight of the film, the characters, the world it creates felt futile. And I think that is probably the point. And I think that is executed in terms of you get that in that almost monotony of a lot of the plot just carrying on with this one guy who's in the underworld of this um, world that's been created. But just didn't do enough for me to kind of grab me in on that overall there's only so much that visuals can do for me and this was just kind of not quite there I'll tell you what Callum let's wrap this up we've, um, let's, yeah, let's we've, we've thrown out our goods and bads, we've uh, decided <laughs>
1: i.e. <laughs> we've thrown our dummy out of the pram and said we don't like it <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't really rev us up too much
0: um, do you want to give us your, um, your overview of what you thought and uh, mark out of 10
1: well, you know, all these moments will be lost in time, like tears in the rain, it's time to die. Um, Basically. <laughs> yeah, that's just like, it's time to die after watching that movie. No, I'm joking. Um, it's it's a movie about memory, I think, and it's quite interesting in that respect. It, it really does draw out some themes. I quite like the set. It's a cool, cool little um, world that's been created. And um, in terms of, vi- like, visually speaking, um, these sort of abstract landscapes. It was very it did remind me of that. I keep saying it, said it before, but it did remind me of of the, of Metropolis, the Fritz Lang movie, which is pretty cool. And I guess the sort of I quite liked the noir aspect of the movie, um, the constructions of memory and how that operates, and the moments of that the moment of tenderness on 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 the roof. I think is I keep coming back to this and anchoring my analysis on this because I do think it's just quite a cool scene. Um, uh, I think I was still recovering from the weekend when I watched it. I was quite still, quite hungover, so I was probably still feeling a bit sad. Uh, and to have that moment of tenderness in the rain was quite yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, so I, I quite liked it in that respect. I just thought it, it was okay. It was. I mean, in terms of the movie, it's as a bro- overall. Um, I just didn't particularly. It was okay. It was all right. Um, I thought. Constructions of race and gender were quite problematic in the movie. Um, I'm going to give it five out of ten. But in terms of like, actually, you know, no, I'm going to give it six because I like the soundtrack's cool. The soundtrack I actually think saves this movie a lot. Like this, it's so cool. It's like a sort of like electro adventure soundtrack. Um, It's pretty cool. But in terms of like actual. I feel like this movie would work as a series of photographs. Okay, like, you know what I mean. <laughs> well, like, the headline it, quote isn't that what a movie is? Um, but I think this movie would work as a series of photographs in the sense that, like, if you're wanting to photograph a particular world, um, and then you'd have the quote, the good quotes, the the little gems like like tears in the rain, you'd have that as your 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 quote for your photograph underneath. Um, because in terms of the characters, I just wasn't rooting for any of them. And a movie for me, I've got to have a tenderness with the characters. And I just didn't. So six out of 10
0: for me. Thank you very much, Callum. Well, I've said so much of what I think about it, but mainly that line I come back down to. I was frustratingly underwhelmed. (laughs) As we discussed, we came at it with different expectations, Callum. And I was, I wanted a lot from this. And for many reasons, I don't know exactly why, but I just felt it was going to be my film. And it just wasn't quite what I wanted from it. Yes, it had some of those great tropes of sci-fi, digging into humanity. And like you said, there were tender moments of that and it looked at it in certain ways. But I feel like it it shied away from too many big themes to create a visual film and a memorable world. I feel like that was the main drive of the filmmakers to create this world, uh, which was memorable. Which it was, but it just felt like the plot was a bit slow and not in a way that then allowed it to dig deeply into them. I feel like if you've got a slow plot where there's not too much happening, that then gives you room to dig deeply into either the characters or the themes or the wider world. But I don't think it did that. I think it just had long scenes in it, um, which just led to a slow plot and there wasn't really that much extra value in it. And that was my overall frustration. Yes, I liked the, the angle they were coming af- at it from. I liked how it felt a bit futile and that was all part of the point it was making about this destruction of this capitalist world and looking to create a, another colony and they had created these drones in their own image and they come back to destroy them. All great premises it just felt like they weren't that bothered about looking into them too much so i agree with you callum six out of ten and it was with a heavy heart that i give it this because as i said i wanted it to be more to me but six out of ten is the way i have to go sorry blade runner but um that is what you left me with <laughs> <laughs> and that. That Callum that is that thank you for joining me once again and you know what we've got this far and as we said at the top end of the episode the next one is very exciting because it is a big milestone for us it is our 50th (laughs) review coming up and we have got a little treat for all the listeners but we're giving ourselves a real treat on that I'm not going to say any more at this stage but please stay tuned And get that one listened to when it comes out because we're going to be in party mood, excited to dig into this film. All will become clear when you hear the review, but we're just also very chuffed we're going to have made it to the 50th one. Thank you all for listening to the episode so far. Thank you for listening today. Callum, thank you for joining me once again for an all right film. But we will be back (laughs) for our 50th very soon. But until then, keep watching films. Keep chatting about them because we sure will. And we'll see you then for another episode of the Glassé Film Club podcast. See you later.